It's time for the Daily Stand-Up Podcast presented by Agile Dad with your host, Lee Henson. Without any further ado, let's get started. So someone asked me just recently, what is the best way to get teams to really understand and focus on what greatness looks like and how they can get from just being a mediocre team to a high performing juggernaut team that just knocks it out of the park every time. And I think the key to this actually lies in a retrospective. I feel like, you know, while setting a daily goal is important and sprinkles are important, those are all meaningful things. I feel like the retrospective may hold a key to help teams and organizations really be successful. But one of the problems that I've noticed when I go into retrospectives is that sometimes the team doesn't necessarily understand how to set meaningful, achievable goals for improvement. I know that sounds weird, but let me me give you some examples. I think you'll understand. So I was in an organization one time and uh, the first person reported, we'll just call his name Alec. And we were doing what's called the Four Corners Retrospective. So you had to talk about one thing that brought you joy last sprint, one thing that was a disappointment to you personally one area where you feel like the team could improve and kudos if there was anyone on the team that you wanted to recognize for going above and beyond to help you be successful. So I'm thinking to myself, this is going to be an awesome retrospective. I go in and the first person to report, we'll just call him Alec, uh, smart Alec, right? His report sounds something like this. I am happy the sprint is over. I hate retrospectives. I have an idea. Let's not do retrospectives anymore. Nobody help me. <laughs> that guy. Let me tell you, there's nothing worse than having someone who's the op, uh, the eternal pessimist on the board, right? They just, all they want to do is destroy the camaraderie and what's going on. And sometimes I don't think they're doing it intentionally. I think they're doing it for self-grandeur. But I don't think they realize the negative impact that it has on the team. So the question then becomes, how do we get the team to start thinking in terms of better things? But it doesn't get any better. The next person reports, we'll just call her Susie. Susie reports and says, I'm really glad we got to do our marketing luncheon with the marketing team. I feel like it really brought us closer together. I'm like, okay. She says, I was really sorry that Angela didn't make it because she didn't receive the email because there was an issue with her Active Directory account. I'm like, okay. She says, I have an idea. She says, next time when we have a a luncheon, we need to make sure we have an alternate way, a backup plan to make sure everyone gets the email. I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm like, can you get off the luncheon already? And the last thing she says, and none of this would have been possible without Alex's help. I'm like, he just ruined everything and you just gave him kudos. Can you imagine? But I've been to these retrospectives where people say, let's make a goal to have more time for requirements analysis, or let's get more testers, or let's do a team building workshop. And I'm just like, do you even understand what the goal is for and why you're doing it? And I think that so many organizations slip into that trap. And I'm not saying what I said above is meaningless or that it's not appropriate or that it's not something a team should work on. But what I am saying is many of those actions fall outside of the team's control and none of them contribute to improving the morale of the team or making things better fundamentally. I think that you need to really dig in. So I'm going to give you three keys, three things you can do to help make sure you're focused on real improvement. And I'm going to give you the reason why and then what you can do. Ready? So starting at the top, 
In most cases, the team doesn't know what greatness looks like. They may not have ever seen high performing before. The truth is less than 10% of teams actually ever make it there. Their natural enemy to manager makes sure by either rewarding them with new work when they're successful or by uh, breaking up the team, trying to create multiple high performing teams. I've seen that happen multiple times as well. So the key here is keep those functioning teams together, but let them experience what greatness looks like. They don't know what they don't know. If you want the team to break their limitation, whether it's a knowledge gap or whether it's a training gap, you should be focused on creating opportunities for the team to be aware what their true potential could be. You could do formal training, certifications, or during a retrospective, instead of preparing the same approach and expecting a different outcome every time, try mixing things up and using a different approach that could build better desirability or a greater desire to become better. People want to grow further, individuals. They want their team to grow further. The retrospective is supposed to be a tool for an improvement target. But I think sometimes because we don't understand, that throws us into this this, uh, funnel, this vortex, where we can't get out and we keep just circling around the same ideas. Okay, let's take a look at the next one. Improvement actions have not actually been acted upon. (laughs) How many times have you been in a retrospective where, okay, what goal are we going to achieve? We're going to achieve this. Great. And it's a great goal. It's a good objective, you know, Uh, and and the team works, you know, so hard on it. And then at the next retrospective, we're like, all right, what's your new goal? Or the team doesn't work on it at all. And we're like, all right, what's your new goal? (laughs) It's just... It's almost like we're saying something just to check the box. Yes, we set a goal for the next sprint, right? And that's not what the goal is all about. So I think that it's important for two things. One, that the team understands that we are going to report back on those action items and see exactly what we did to help achieve that goal. And two, that we're going to recognize and talk about and that it's going to be the first thing we bring up in the next retrospective. One tip I have for this one is... Try to try to put in the backlog. So, so I go all the way down to the sprint backlog and I say, try to put in something that um, reflects a zero point backlog item that reminds the team of our objective, our goal for that sprint. And it doesn't affect the velocity. It doesn't affect the product in any way. And, you know, all it does is add another item. But the item isn't there to have a set of acceptance criteria mark is done. The item is there so that the team can regain focus and really understand what needs to be done in order for them to be successful. So highly, highly recommend doing that. I think it's just a good thing. Instead of falling into the, we've been discussing the same thing every single time and nothing's ever been done about it. If it helps, one of the things that I do as an Agile coach is I make sure before the meeting ends that we decide the owner of any action items that come up and who's going to drive it to completion. That's one of my specialties decide how we're going to measure success and tell whether what our, whether our improvements worked or not. Um, we take the action item as a zero point backlog item and put it into the sprint backlog. And then we make sure it's the first thing we re-review when we go into our next retrospective. If you do those things, you're going to naturally see improvement, right? And then here we go. The last one. When teams come in with impediments, that's just too big for them to even work on, address, or improve. Uh, sometimes improvement just needs to be incremental, small, and focused. But coming up with things like boil the ocean, you know, uh, th- that just kills the team, right? The team's going to get frustrated. You know, a lot of times they can't change organizational structure, or architecture, or the way teams are aligned. I mean, there's just certain things that are outside of the team's control. 
And if we're constantly putting things that are outside of the team's reach in as their goals for a specific retrospective, we're not giving a team a chance to notch a, a notch of success on their belt, right? They're not getting a chance to be successful and to build on and grow on that success. So to address this, you need to make sure you're using a grow model, that your goal and your reality are not too far apart, that you're, you're, you're setting opportunities or options and requesting the team to chime in on those, and you're getting someone to commit to taking on an action item to making sure that that goal happens. If we identify small incremental improvements, we can help the team grow. This all boils down to having a growth mindset, which is one of my favorite topics to talk about. I speak about this at conferences everywhere, and people love it. It's, it's really an important topic that often gets overlooked. So my hope, my challenge is that you'll you leverage the retrospective to make it uh, an opportunity for improvement and help teams and organizations be successful by building things, including improvement, incrementally with the GROW technique in mind. That's going to do it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have a topic you want us to cover, learn more at AgileDad.com. We'd love to hear from you. And as always, we encourage you to stay healthy, stay well, and stay agile, my friends. Until next time, do take care. Mm-hmm.